Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 484 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. I'm Todd, along with Joe. How are we doing today, Joe? I'm not going to say the vroom vroom every time you say the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts, because DJ has the market cornered on that over on Wednesday Night War. Oh, okay. He even got a special version of the the uh, post-show sting of him doing the vroom vroom in place of the actual vroom vroom. I'm so there's so many vrooms. Uh-huh. I can't even keep up. Oh, but Todd, we got a busy show this week. Yes, we do. Um, news: We have uh, charity variant opportunities. Um, also, wait a minute. Go what? Ahead. Go ahead. Opportunity. All right, I'll I'll take you to task later. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the popular game that everybody loves on the show is what is DC canceling? It's almost like they're gaslighting us every week, oh. show. <laughs> right? And also, do you know what the next D- big DC thing is? Well, if you do know, call DC. I think they're a little confused. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, also, con news, free digital books and sales. What we read last week, which was Thor number one and Punisher Soviet number three, and a return of the preview review that, you know, it's been a while since we had that. Yeah, buddy. Yep. What we're looking forward to this week, and at the end of the show, a spoiler-filled talk of the show Joe demanded we discuss Doctor Who. Or as I like to call it, fake Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, well, and I'll, I'll just say, listen, spoiler for the discussion of Doctor Who later on, I couldn't spot one wig in that entire two episodes of the show that I watched. Mm, so what kind, of money- time, what kind of time travel show is this when no one's wearing ill-fitting, poorly designed <laughs> wigs? That is the, you know, that is the, the, the mark of a good uh, time traveling show. Yes. So I want to take you to task for alleging what uh, alleging that what's going on with those uh, Hawkeye freefall variants is an opportunity. The way that we use opportunity on this show is that it's, uh, you know, maybe uh, a way that you can rip people off. And that's definitely not what this is. I want to be clear. This is an actual opportunity. I maybe I misspoke on the word, Joe. Sometimes well, I choose your words very carefully on this show. Uh, I only have one words that I know, but anyway, you know, I, you know how I personally feel about words. Um, <laughs> but Matthew Rosenberg, who is uh, the creative uh, team, he's the writer on the new Hawkeye book, and with the last two weeks being so messy with the holidays falling on Wednesdays. And me not picking up my books until, like, weird times the last two weeks and other things, of course, as we've discussed on the show, if you listen to After Dark. And uh, I'm currently fighting a cold, but I'm doing a – I feel as though I did a good job when we did After Dark. I, 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 you could barely tell that I was schnotting all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so I plum forgot that this Hawkeye book was coming out, right? Mm-hmm. And I always get a Hawkeye book, and Todd reminded me. He's like, hey, dum-dum, he sends me a text <laughs> on Wednesday. He's like, hey, dum-dum, Hawkeye wasn't on your list. And I'm like, oh, that's out this week? He goes, yeah. 
I go, all right, I'll get on top of that. So by the time that I got uh, to a computer to send an email or the fact, like it was later in the day that you'd sent me because I don't, then I don't think the local store got my email until the next day. And by the time they got my email, like literally they sold the last copy. Mm -hmm. So I go, okay, just put me down for, uh, you know, whenever you get these things in. And it was one of those things when I went to pick up my books. As I was there, they got the email from Diamond saying that uh, they could order second prints of this. I'm like, order that second print for me right now. So where I'm going with all this is Matthew, Matthew Rosenberg, the writer on the book, has decided to do a contest, if you will. If you donate uh, $5 to, and I'm trying to see where it is and just look at the... Uh, the t- uh, children with hearing loss.org. Uh, if you donate $5 or more to them and email him with the receipt, you'll be entered in to win uh, one of the two variants that he has. One is by Dave Cockrum. One is by an artist who is only being, or an, an uh, excuse me, an artist, Elizabeth Torque. And he has pictures of the two variants there. Uh, and then he says, I'll check out all the donations and probably send some stuff to folks who don't win the variants. And the worst thing that you do uh, is you donated to a good cause. And uh, I threw in. I threw in my five bucks. Oh, that's cool. Maybe you'll get the variant. You, you could stiff the shop. Oh, I won't stiff the shop. I already told them to put me down for uh, a whatever. Uh, I'm usually pretty good at paying things forward when I win, win stuff or whatever. But it was just one of those things. I saw it. I was on the computer. I had an extra five bucks floating around in my PayPal. Um, I don't know if the in the uh, giveaway is still going on. I don't think he's announced a winner yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says, like, you can ask me to sign the book and so on and so forth. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was a really cool thing to do. That is a great idea. Nice, you know, money for charity. Somebody gets a book. I think it's win-win all around. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, you know, go, uh, find, uh, Matthew Rosenberg's Twitter. It's Ashcan Press on the old Twitter. And, uh, he, uh, it doesn't say that it is closed, like he's no longer accepting entries or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, for this, as of the recording of this show, but, uh, you know, by the time that we record and it comes out, you never know. Right. Yes. Uh, Also in the news, as Todd mentioned, yet another DC collection has been canceled. Mm -hmm. Uh, DC had solicited a oversized hardcover of, or an absolute, sorry. It's so, like, it's, I always get tripped up on their absolutes or their oversized hardcovers or whatever, the way they do these things, right? Right, there's like 10 different ways to get things from DC. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the 11th way, it's not at all, because they typically <laughs> solicit things and cancel them. Uh, but they were doing an absolute Gotham by Gaslight, which is essentially the book that started Elseworlds, which is DC's What If. Uh, it was going to be that story. It was going to be the countdown special search for Ray Palmer, Gotham by Gaslight number one, and then Convergence Shazam number one and two. And I don't know how that fits in, but obviously it does if they were including it in this collection. Not that it matters because it has been canceled. Right. Those convergence issues uh, probably had the 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 Gotham by Gaslight Batman in them, even though like because remember they were you know one Earth one Earth was fighting another and stuff like that. So oh yeah, I guess they're claiming that it was the it was the 
official unofficial sequel to it. And right. it was like, I guess, collecting all of the appearances by uh, Gotham by Gaslight Batman. Right. So that's what they... I'm shocked it's that few. I am, too. I thought they probably I know the Red Rain Batman got around. Remember Vampire Batman? Yep. I think they did a whole bunch with him, but uh, yeah, they don't usually with the Elseworlds. They usually, you know, stick and then move because, like, you know, you don't see you don't see a lot of sequels to to any of the Elseworlds stuff. Usually because a lot of that stuff seemed to have an ending when it was done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. it was because these weren't thought of as ongoing projects. They're like, hey, well, like a you know, literally like a what if, but like well, we can't call it that. Well, what about like Elseworlds or something? Well, that's good, but think of something better, you know, but uh that's all it was. So I think maybe that's why we didn't see a lot of sequels. So it, it says uh I guess the notices to retailers saying that the uh contents would be solicited again in a different format. Mm-hmm. Um I know we talk about this all the time, but this is definitely something that I should have been keeping a better tally on. Like what comes back? Yeah, like when they do these sort of things where they say, hey, we're going to solicit this thing. And then the times where they cancel it and then it just never comes back or the times where they cancel it and they say it'll be resolicited in a different format. And then it seems to be resolicited in the same format that they had originally solicited in. Right. The only one that I know of is the Jonah Hex one. That was originally the Omnibus. Right. That was going to be the All-Star Western and Weird Western Tales. And then like a chunk of the the, the Jonah Hex that spun out of it. And they're like, yeah, well, we're going to put it. It's not going to be an Omnibus form anymore, but it is in a hardcover. But we're only going to have the two All-Star Western and then all the Weird Western issues. And then maybe we'll do a Jonah Hex hardcover. So they do, I mean, they do re-solicit stuff, but... So much comes and goes that I think if you want to do your crazy spreadsheets and keep track of it, but I think that way lies madness if you do, Joe. Mm-hmm. Because then you're going to be like, well, what did they resolicit? Well, does it still have everything that, you know, that was covered in the uh, absolute or is it just this and that? I don't know. I, and that seems like a lot of work, but you're a guy who likes to hunker down and throw big things on those wide shoulders. Right. Um, well, I, I think there was, you know, we had speculated, I guess, a while ago that it was stuff that maybe was already in print. Right. That they weren't just going to keep churning out because there was a bunch of stuff that was like, oh, it's a new version of this Batman story. And it's another new version of this other Batman story. And they canceled a whole bunch of those. And we're like, OK, well, maybe that's what it is. But then they resolicited a bunch of those, but not all of those. Mm-hmm. So it's. Yeah, like I said, I, I definitely think I want to know. But on this but one... I definitely think if I attempt to follow this, I will descend further into madness. Right. My only thing on this one is, like, <clears throat> to me, and we, we joke, I always joke that the Absolute is the Labrigany of collected editions of D- at DC. I don't know if we need an Absolute Gotham by Gaslight. You know what I mean? Like when they did Gotham with Gotham, when they did absolute killing joke, I was like, all right, that's a one shot kind of thin, but you can get away with it for 40 some dollars. People are going to want it, you know, like, but really who wants a $50 version of Gotham by gas? Are there that many Gotham by gaslight fans? You know what I mean? Like to me, absolutes are, you know, Sandman, Alan Moore's swamp thing, you know, why the last man preaching like a lot of the vertigo stuff. Right, and then even Batman Hush, like, all right, Jim Lee, you know what I mean, on Batman. And, like, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other, like, that were that were big, that were not 
black labeled slash vertigo issues. They do do like they did a version of absolute green lantern, green arrow, Neil Adams. I'm like, these are the, would you put Gotham by gaslight with any of the books that I said were absolutes just now? Only from a historical standpoint in that it did kind of kick off the Elseworlds thing, which did lead to bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. I think if Gotham by Gaslight Batman, Victorian Batman, whatever they call him, if he had more of a prominence in DC mythos lore, was on mm-hmm. lunchboxes or whatever it is, I'd be like, yeah. Historical standpoint, maybe. Uh, again, I give it like a 7.5 out of 10 that it should have gotten the omnibus. Uh, absolute, whatever. Uh, but it is something that, you know, it's a Batman story that you don't shove down people's throats. So, like, why not? But it's a Batman you don't, a story you don't shove down people's throats because they don't want it. That, I mean, I just look at it as, I think, 7 out of 10 for, like, that's high. I think Gotham by Gaslight, as a historical book, yes, because it kicked off Elseworlds. But it should be a hardcover at maybe an oversized hardcover at the most. If you wanted to do an artist edition, because I think, wasn't it Mike McNola who drew that? Gotham by Gaslight? I'm, I get confused. Yes. But either way, maybe an artist edition that's kind of expensive. But like, you know, because you're paying 50 bucks for convergence issues? Think about that. Like, you right. know. I think that's maybe where it comes in is, you know, um, you know, it's going to be released in a different format. I could definitely see them skipping out of the convergence issues mm-hmm. and just doing the Gotham by Gaslight thing proper itself. Maybe it's just like a regular hardcover or something. Right. So we shall see. Um, I, I, I have a feeling that this one's probably not going to come back into print. I think it'll come back into print somehow, but not in an expensive format. Yeah. One of the things that I'm sure will be collected in expensive format if and when it happens is the mysterious DC 5G project that we've discussed here. Uh, all the rumor and innuendo in regards to this. Um, essentially, the short of it is the talk that DC may be de-aging all of their heroes. And by that, I mean taking the younger versions of the already existing heroes, you know, your Connor Kent Superman, your Damien Robin, you know, whomever else they have. They have all these teen heroes that are floating around now in the Young Justice side of things and making them the main versions of those characters in the books. Now, is it going to be like a short event? Is it going to be a permanent change? You know, we still don't know, but there's a lot of rumor and innuendo about this. I think it was at New York last year when Dan DiDio showed, like, the DC timeline. It was in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't really fleshed out. And it's just more and more is kind of not leaking out, but just kind of more and more speculation of people saying, like, oh, well, this book getting delayed is probably because of this, but they can't say so yet. Like, um, the... Uh, the Tom King Batman Catwoman thing that was supposed to come out in January, right? It was the 12 right. issue maxi series that was going to complete his run on Batman. Well, it's, you know, we have March solicitations out and it's nowhere to be found. We have no real good excuse as to why it's being delayed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then they're talking about like your upcoming Wonder Woman, like what, 700 and Flash 750s, respectively. Yeah. Saying that those being big anniversary books, like, keep an eye on those, because if something could happen, maybe it could be around there. Mm-hmm. So it's just po- kind of people pointing to things being delayed, big benchmarks that are coming up as maybe that's the reason why. 
they're waiting for those things to happen or this to happen, the 5G to happen, and then they can start rolling out that other stuff. Do you think it has anything to do with like people and I know like online or anything like going like we don't like don't make your books the legacy heroes again you know what i mean like like teenage versions like when when uh marvel did all that where it was like all right iron man isn't iron man anymore somebody else is going to take the place and somebody else is going to be this character and we have uh cho hulk and all this stuff and the sales kind of like you know kind of you know plummeted a little bit and now people are like well don't do what you did what marvel did with their books we want our classic heroes over here don't make that do you think there's any like like clap back from that and maybe they're trying to figure out what to do now i think the biggest problem with dc do or marvel doing it way back when was they were in the midst of a bit you know the movies were super hot at the time and they released a whole bunch of new books with new number ones with the big, you know, heroes, your people that are in the Avengers movies that look nothing like the people that are in the Avengers movies. Mm-hmm. And I think that more or less caused any sort of brand confusion. And yes, any sort of big sweeping change that you make like that is going to upset a certain segment of people, no matter how large or how vocal they may or may not be. Mm-hmm. I think with DC, maybe this is more of a risk of kind of like we got nothing to lose sort of thing. You have everything to lose, but go ahead. I think they have nothing to lose in this regards because they have a segment of people that are going to always buy anything that has Batman on it. They have a certain segment of people that are always going to buy something that has Harley Quinn on it. And they have been scrambling for the better part of the last two or three years to try to do anything to cultivate the younger market. Marvel has not given up on the younger market, but they've kind of given their all-ages stuff to IDW to print. They're like, this is your headache now. You worry about this. We're just going to keep this Disney IP machine moving. See, from sitting in a comic shop a lot, I have a completely different opinion, man. I think it's cutting your own throat because who – what, all do you really think all these kids are going to come running off the street going, oh my God, it's Connor Kent or you know whoever uh, John Kent Superman? I can't wait to read that. And then you're going to be like, okay, well, all your like all your regular fans, you're gonna you're gonna lose a big chunk of fans. It was a mistake when Disney did it or Marvel did it with their own because you you alienate the fans. And I'm not Mr. Gatekeeper. I'm not trying to keep new fans out. I think there's a lot of good stuff like that with like the Wonder Comics and all that stuff. But you want to do a couple, but this whole thing where 5G and you're going to, the rumor is you're going to sweep, you know, and I say wait to see, but more and more this is what it's going to be, is how, how many new fans do you think you're going to get compared to how many old fans you're going to alienate? I think that the 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 scales are way different, you know, and it's a bad idea. I think as long as they publish quote unquote out of continuity stories with all the characters that old people recognize. Mm-hmm. And I don't think your average kid is going to say I'm a big Damian Wayne fan. Mhm. And I'm a big Connor Kent fan, or I'm a big whoever the Green Lantern is fan. And I'll be honest, I'm not up to date on these sort of things. And like, I'm a big fan of, you know, young Captain Cold or all these other characters that are supposed to be being moved into the front, right? Mm-hmm. 
I think their logic is is base as this. If we put comic books with kids on the cover as the heroes, maybe kids will buy them. Like, I literally think that's their thought process. And it's a gamble. Probably not going to pay off. But mm-hmm. y- you don't make moves without making risks. My thing is, and we've said this a billion times, is you now granted, should there be new heroes? Yes. Look at uh, Naomi and stuff like that. I'm, right. I'm, I'm all about that. But if room, as rumored, a sweep, uh, like, you know, a, a, a wide sweeping change of the whole line at one time, that's bad. That's always bad because you have, you, you have a section of, of customers that you're just instantly going to alienate. And you're gonna get new. And I don't think kids going. Oh, kids are in the comics. I'm, we're we're gonna buy them. Uh, we've always said just tell good stories, and your comics will sell. And I don't think changing, you know, all the all the characters is good storytelling. It's a gimmick, and that and gimmicks are bad in comics. I agree, but I think that's what their thought process is. Right. Will it work? I don't think so. Okay, but they're trying something. I'm intrigued to see what it is, and I'm of the school of thought of you. Make the heroes whoever you are, but co- put good creative teams on them, telling good stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and where I really think this is coming in is, and I think we're a couple weeks out from the issue coming out, is the linchpin for all of this is going to be Kid Doctor Manhattan that was introduced on the last page of Doomsday Clock Twelve. Yes. I think that's your linchpin to everything. They are not going to introduce that character in that book that they're pushing and not have it just like never come up again. Mm-hmm. And I think the delay on that, putting a wrinkle in whatever Bendis's plans were for Legion and for whatever Bendis's plans for Superman, now that that has happened, we can move into whatever that 5G stuff is going to be. And I want to mention this was pointed out to me by my friend Jesse, and you reminded me of it as you talked about the beginning of the show about how if DC has a calendar, nobody's checking it. Mm-hmm. He said he went and marked on his calendar July 2nd, 2025 and July 10th, 2030, which are both Wednesdays, by the way. Right. From the end of Doomsday Clock, where July 2025 is going to be a crisis unlike the metaverse has ever seen. One uh won the time masters or one the uh what is it crisis unlike the metaverse has seen one they will call time masters erupt and then the july 2031 is the secret crisis uh throwing superman in a brawl across the universe with thor himself a green behemoth stronger than even doomsday who dies protecting superman from these invaders now He said he's marking those on his calendar to see if DC actually follows through with them. I said, that's funny because you'll be the first person who marks those on their calendars. Those were throwaway gags in a book that DC is absolutely having no idea of what they're doing or following up on any of those things. Um, I'll, I'll eat my John Cena hat if those things come to pass. How about if only one of them comes to pass? Because I got money on one of them. I'll eat half my hat. All right, you're like a, a Warner Herzog of hats. That's right. I'll eat my. I'll eat the brim of my hat. Yes. Well, like he said, you didn't eat the soles because when you eat a chicken, you don't eat the bones. <laughs> All right. So, but 
I think the crisis thing is happening. The the, the twenty thirty and the the that's an because as that point in in the the doomsday clock stuff was just you know all it was like and then a hundred years out whatever. But I do believe the the five G is mentioned and that crisis is mentioned and they're both and they are both going to happen. Lot can happen at DC in five months, let alone five years. Mm-hmm. But you, if you are attending the only comic book convention this weekend, the Long Beach Comic Expo in Long Beach, California, maybe you can go up to Dan DiDio, who will be there, and ask him, what's the deal with 5G? I mean, who are these kids? <laughs> uh, also at that convention, uh, Hacksaw Jerry Dugan will be there. Oh, <laughs> Sam Humphreys will be there, and Norm Rapund will be there. I would say maybe the most famous inker of all time, or at least the modern era, let's say. I was going to say Joe Sinnott, to me, is probably the most famous inker. But modern times, all right, I'll give you that one. All right, modern times. Right. But yeah, that's it for conventions this week. There's nothing. That's right. You know? All the weather, you know, it's got, you know, it throws people off. You got to have those in tropical climates. You get a ton of creators that way. That's if right. You pay the, if you pay the freight. Yeah. As we talked about last week, because nothing's better than Chicago in February. Mm. Brr. I don't know. Deep dish pizza keeps me warm, Joe. Uh, lasagna with a crust. Enjoy. <laughs> I like, but I like deep dish pizza. It's been a long time. There you go, making fun of stuff that you love. I Good had a joke. You. I had a joke to tell, but uh, you know. <laughs> but uh, the link to that convention will be in the show notes, as right. well as a uh, link to soon to be named network at soon to be named network dot com, soon to be named network dot dot com, where you can find all the shows in the soon to be named network. I have a fun story, Todd. Someone through a third party contacted me this week to ask how I was able to get all of the shows in the soon-to-be-named network as a searchable network on iTunes. And I said, I didn't. All I do is post the links to the show on a Tumblr account. I don't know the first thing about getting everything coordinated on iTunes. I'm a dope when it comes to technology. Oh, well, you should have asked me. I know the answer. No, I don't know the answer. (laughs) And then that person immediately left the conversation. Whoa, that's usually my trick. Uh, but uh, over at soon-to-be-named-network.com, you can find out all the shows in our network. This show, of course, Longbox Heroes After Dark, uh, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments. It's been off for like the last two weeks because they record on Wednesdays. And of course, as we've talked, there's been New Year's and Christmas and everything. So they've been off on hiatus for a while. Luckily, nothing's been going on politically for them to talk about. Oh, boy shows uh we also have wednesday night wars which got a plug earlier in the show final wrestling place which did their 2019 likes and dislikes in the world of professional wrestling and uh this would typically be the point where i would reveal another character in jason kirk's email however when an episode of podvocacy returned this week uh where it was tim of final wrestling place and david uh, of all the fancy music that you hear on the show, uh, talked about the movies of 2019. There was a half-hour section at the end of the return to the internet of Jason Kirk. So no longer will I give away the secrets of his email address. Oh, if you send money to my PayPal, I'll give you the rest of them. I think he still has an instant gram, but instant gram is, uh, you know, that's scary for me. Maybe he has a TikTok. I don't know. Maybe. 
every time I see someone talk about their Instagram and they, you know, they, they just use the initials. They're always like my IG. And I'm like, you have an assassin droid. That's right. I was like, that's all I'll see from now on. They should have did some sort of tie in with Instagram and the Mandalorian to get like IG whatever's, you know, mm-hmm. like some and sort of filter that makes you look like a murder robot. And I always said Star Wars should have got in with those expensive bikes that you get that they have the they have the people pushing you to to ride them on the screen. Um, and they could have just did a tie in and called them Pelotontons and made a million dollars. <laughs> Next year, Todd, I'm going to cut that out of the podcast so someone doesn't steal your billion-dollar idea. (laughs) And I thought these bikes smelled bad on the outside. (laughs) All right. So also over in the show notes, of course, is going to be all the digital sales and freebies. The freebies have not changed since last week, so you can certainly check those out. Uh, There are sales ongoing. We're getting toward the tail end of that IDW Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sale. Uh, Image is having a sale on Greg Rucka stuff. Boom is having a sale on Buffy, Angel, and Firefly stuff. And Marvel is having two separate sales going on. One is Thor, and the other thing is just Jason Aaron Thor. Ironically, the Jason Aaron Thor stuff is in the Everything Thor sale. So again, more redundancy in those sales, but no DC sale this week. Aww. They took they, they set up that one sale to be good for like three weeks, and then they never came back from vacation. And they're just like, yeah, we forgot about another sale. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all those will be in the links uh, that accompany this episode uh, when you find it, either at longboxheroes.com or soon to be named network.com com soon to be named network.tumblr.com todd it's now time to get into books that we read from this past week okay i say we start with thor number one written by donny cates and drawn by nick klein um this basically you know is spinning out of the aforementioned jason aaron thor run and now he's the all thor the ruler of asgard and he's you know getting ready to take his place have his inauguration if you will or whatever they do with kings crownings i'm not sure and he's thinking about it and how maybe you know this isn't everything that he thought it would be becoming the king and everything and loki shows up crashes and he has a conversation with them and he's ready to give his speech um to his people and uh, Galactus comes crashing down on Asgard. And from there, he mentions a few words. And then uh, Thor's like, I need to look into this. And he gets some people who are in the know. And they end up telling him what it is that uh, Galactus has, has made him privy to. And they're like, well, now we have to go on a quest and pretty much stop this. And Galactus ends up saying like, hey, you know, something with you uh is going to happen in the future so i'm going to do something and then we're going to go on our quest and i i i had a ton of fun reading this book um it just it rolls right out of uh jason aaron's thor it's not like thor is so like you know he's putting his own spin on it right out of the gate so it's unrecognizable it's thor you know heavy is the head that wears the crown um now he has a quest to do and like i said the thing galactus did was really cool um you know, and it ties into a lot of stuff that Donny Cates has been writing. Like, there's all the little, you know, Easter eggs to everything he's did. I really enjoyed his his take on this. And, you know, I'm ready for another run on Thor. 
Right. So as Todd kind of alluded to where he says Galactus sees a thing and then he does a thing. And I appreciate him for being spoiler free. Right. I'm trying to. Yes. I'm with you because I was going to come into this and say we're not going to do spoilers on this. Right. Um, because there is another issue that comes out in two weeks as of this recording. Uh, we got two issues in the first month, and I have a feeling when we talk about that issue in three weeks, at that point, all spoiler bets are off. Right. I follow Donnie Cates on Twitter, social media, whatever, and I had none of this spoiled on me. So when I read it and all these things that Todd is alluding to happened, I was marking out. I was going nuts, right? Mm -hmm. I had so much fun with this. If I have a slight complaint... And it's very slight is I'm not sold on Nick Klein as the artist. He's good, but he's not knocking my socks off. I put him way past. Uh, who was the guy who was doing uh, Thor? Uh, it wasn't Dodderman. It was somebody else. There was somebody else who was doing a Del, Del Rio or something like that. Okay. Who was, where it was terrible. I'm like, so this is a step. This is, I really Del Mundo, I think he was doing it during like one of the Malekith storylines. Yes. And you couldn't tell what was going on. So uh, that's my bar. And this just rockets over. I really like the art in this. I guess where I'm coming from with this is, and again, good art. There was a couple of the shots, especially like the way that he drew Galactus. Mm-hmm. You know, there was some, some bit, you know, full page or two page spreads that I thought were really, really neat. But when, you know, obviously Del Mundo notwithstanding, but when you have people like Dodderman and Asad Ribic and all these like heavy hit big gun artists that have done the Thor books during the Jason Aaron six, seven year run, you know, I think maybe they should have just got someone kind of on that par. But like I said, good art. I just felt they should have went with a heavier hitter. I really like the art, so I don't have a problem. And I- I'm going to save everything till the second issue comes out. But his his new costume gave me a giant clue. So that's one of the things that I was kind of like, eh, I wonder if something's going to happen here. Right. And I'm I'm dopey <laughs> when we were talking about this coming out. And I'm like, oh, Thor is like a new costume and it looks very superhero-y. And I'm like, I'm sure they'll explain in this book why he has such a superhero-y like costume. Mm-hmm. And they do on the very last page. Yep, so we'll discuss that next time, mostly. Yeah, so uh, go check out Thor number one. I'm sure even if it's sold out, you know, you can always get things digitally. We like to push those sort of things. I'm sure this has gone to multiple printings, so uh, any comic store worth its salt should have it. And it had, Um, what, like 22 covers? So there's probably a few laying around somewhere. Right, there's a cover just for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So... The other book that we read from this past week was another Marvel book, Punisher Soviet Number 3, written by Garth Ennis with art by Jason Burroughs. So we get a little bit more of the backstory of essentially the Russian Punisher, uh, a bunch of people, mob folks that were making some moves and changes over in Russia were being popped off. Punisher style, so of course the Punisher got blamed for these sort of things, but it was not the Punisher. It was a kindred spirit, a Valery Stefanov. Mm -hmm. Stefanovich? Uh, Basically, I call him Russian Punisher. Yeah, let's just call him Valery. Valery. Valery, something like that. Mm -hmm. So this is just a continuation of his time 
in Afghanistan uh, of how he became Russian Punisher. Mm-hmm. I, I I love this issue. This is the book that like I haven't read Garth Ennis slash Punisher Hitman like in a while. Like, and this like brought me back. There is a little bit of shock value to Garth Ennis's writing, and that's what he was known for. And I have one friend who's always like, you know what? I love Preacher and I love Hitman, but everything else that I've I've read by Garth Ennis, there's a little bit of shock. And I'm like. I can't argue that, but this one, seeing the horrors that uh, Valerie has seen in Afghanistan and his whole like route to the Punisher so far, I was like, this is straight up like Garth Ennis, especially that Max Punisher run and stuff like that. It just has that feel. And I, I was kind of like, I don't, I don't, I feel uneasy reading some of this stuff. Okay. Uh, One nitpick. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Garth Ennis sure loves his wartime stories. Yep. And this is a five-issue miniseries, and under normal circumstances, I'm like, do we really need two issues telling all this war stuff? And lo and behold, Todd, we do. Mm-hmm. We do. Because even though this is a Max book, and two things that I forget about the Max books is, one, they don't give you the digital redeem code. Mm-hmm. And two, uh, Marvel is a company that is owned by Disney. And there's some stuff in this book that's some imagery that's very uneasy. There's a <laughs> thing that Valerie sees that he says, I still see all the time today. And you know what, Todd? I saw that page and I still see it today after reading that book. I do too. But Joe, did you notice the two little words under the three on the cover of Punisher Soviet? It says explicit content. How Listen. does that get on there? Yeah, I, I'll give you explicit content, but you think maybe in the back of your head when you're like, oh, Marvel's run by Disney, the explicit content might be someone getting shot or maybe them saying like pee pee or poo poo or something, you know, mm-hmm. little do you realize you're going to see the things that you see in this book. The horrors of war. It is a Max comic, though, Joe. Right. So. But they- <laughs> Do you remember when we we read Mac? I know what you're saying. Like Disney owns it now, but I like when I read. Yes, I was shocked by all this, but it's the same way I was shocked by like Punisher punching a polar bear, so it would attack in a zoo, so it would attack mobsters and like rip their heads off with. Yeah, that was fun and lighthearted. Oh, I'm yes, the old punching polar bear trick is fun and lighthearted, but this is you know so I. I know what you're saying, but I, I was not not expecting what I got, if that makes any sense. Uh, yes, I was completely taken aback and aghast by what I saw, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying that in a very shocking way. I think I, the Disney purchase of Marvel has allowed me to let my guard down. Well, that's a, that's a you problem, Joe, not a Marvel problem. That is a me problem, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, definitely go to get this book. If you miss like gritty Punisher Garth Ennis style <laughs> stuff, and maybe this book, you know, missed your purview for some reason, I don't know. Go pick it up. It's really mm. good. Yep. But uh, you know, content warning, content warning. That's right. It's definitely not Lil Punisher. Mm-hmm. Definitely not Lil Punisher. <laughs> it's a Punisher, like I said, it's a Punisher that you probably haven't seen in Marvel Comics in a very long time. I don't know. I think that last Punisher run that was Max, which was only like a year or two ago, was the same. 
Mm-hmm. There's a lot of blood and guts. So anyway, I'll let it go now. All right, you do that. So the last book that we're going to discuss is the return of our preview review books. And this is actually a book that does not come out for another three weeks. Wow, but we got it in our hot little hands early. That's right. And the uh, email said there is no embargo on this, so here we go. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are going to be talking about the new, from Valiant, Quantum and Woody number one, written by Christopher Hastings of Dr. McNinja fame, uh, some Gwenpool stuff over at Marvel with art by Ryan Brown. Uh, the creator of image comics such as Curse Words and God Hates Astronauts. Mm-hmm. And uh, Todd and I are dyed in the wool. Is that maybe what you get from a goat? Um, <laughs> Quantum and Woody fans. Anytime a Quantum and Woody book comes out, we are sure to read it, talk about it, and tell you. And luck has it that we got this one in uh, in advance. We're able to tell you to go check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, I guess the, the pitch of this is when we last saw our dynamic duo, they were on the opposite side of the law and they were hiding out, trying to figure out a way to become the heroes that they so rightly deserve to be. And Woody goes into a trance, has a vision and says a bunch of mumbo jumbo and it leads them to the path of their redemption. But is everything all it seems, Todd? I don't know. It seems to be a lot of opportunities in this book, Joe. Seems to be a lot of opportunities in this book. Uh, So I really like this. Uh, I thought it had a fun feel of Quantum and Woody. It it made me forget how confusing quantum and Woody could be like the way they like to quantum and Woody likes to tell a story. Um, cause I think even with the last couple of runs, it never really touched on the wonderful, Oh my God, I'm not sure where I'm standing in this book right now. When Christopher priest would do it with, with both quantum and Woody. And when he did black Panther, cause there was a couple of things where I'm like, Oh, all right. Okay. That's implying past. And this is what it's going to be. And it jumps around a little bit. So I'm like, uh, confused in a good way, you know. What I mean that quantum and quantum and Woody book, but all around, you know, I I had a blast. So you know, but we are, you know, like you said, quantum and Woody fans. So uh, we're, you know, I'm gonna like it, you know, a lot because it just has the Q and the W on the cover, brother. Right. So there was a, a lot of fun stuff in there, like the, I guess, all American kind of. Uh, leave it to Beaver family, Girl Scouts, uh, Boy Scouts sort of thing that operate out of a flying house and they go to attack the Senate. Uh, there's a whole subplot in there that ties into everything about how technology is advancing at such a rapid rate. Um, the things that we'll be able to do in a very short amount of time will almost make it feel as though technology is quote-unquote magic. Mm-hmm. And where Quantum and Woody fall into all of this, uh, where Quantum thinks that this is just yet another one of Woody's schemes and scams, and it kind of doesn't let you, the reader, know if it's a scheme or a scam until the very end, until it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And maybe Woody's starting to know what he's doing. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I'm confused as a baby raccoon, Joe. Right. Uh, but I really like this. I definitely recommend it. Um, mm-hmm. I think final order cutoff for this, sadly, is this week. So if you're listening to this, 
and uh, maybe you can you can always get these thing dig- these things digitally, man. Uh, but there's still plenty of time. It does not ship until the 29th of January. Uh, so you can uh, certainly tell your comic shop to put this on your pull list mm-hmm. and hopefully uh, have it in time for, uh, yeah. There you go. I thought this was really good. I liked uh, Quantum and Woody. But again, I, you and I are genetically predisposed to like <laughs> Quantum and Woody. I got that reference. Yes. Uh, if if and again, yeah. And again, I don't want to talk too much about it. I was um, Christopher Hastings. Like I said, I'm familiar with uh, his work. Um, the color palette used in this book uh, by the artist Ryan Brown, I thought was really good. Brought a different feel and a different take to a lot of the stuff. And I think we're going to see that play into things as I think the story goes on. Is them talking about like technology is magic. Mm-hmm. And there's gags, and there's sight gags, and there's one-panel gags. It's all the stuff. If you've ever read a Quantum and Woody book, whether on your own or based on our recommendation, uh, I certainly suggest you check this one out because it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So that's what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday around 5.30 Eastern Time or so, we put up the pull post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them in trade, however it is that you get them. I hope you're not holding out for absolutes from DC because <laughs> you might be holding out for a very long time. We put that information up to you every Tuesday, and we also put up what books Todd and I are getting this week. We also attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out. As we do every year, somebody texted me that out of all the years that we've been doing this, I've won at least one time. I vaguely remember you re- winning one. I remember me throwing one of them. You claim to throw everyone until you start winning, and then you stop throwing it. No, I threw that one. That's the only one I threw. Is the one where you won. I was like, ah, give the kid, give give the kid one. You know what I mean? Give the baby his bottle. <laughs> That's right. So uh, Todd started the show, so he gets to guess first of what I'm looking forward to coming out this week. I'm looking over your books, and is the book you're looking forward to most, given the old 86, Batman 86? No. No, it's, it's not. It's Immortal Hulk number 29. I thought you would be all in on the new, uh, you know, the new road to Batman to see where he's going after uh, a king. Uh, I am, but it takes a special book to... Uh scooch immortal hulk off that you know your fable or your fables listen to me your sagas <laughs> your criminals your things of that nature right whereas i think since you've tipped your hand i think the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week is the aforementioned batman number 86 uh, give baby the bottle you're right hey look at that you're throwing the game again thank you todd yep early on i give you that i give you that head start and then i turn on the afterburners i'm doing the the knife cut with my hands as i run joe <laughs> You know, you know the one I'm talking about? I do. Right. Uh, but yeah, I'm interested to see what James Tinian's going to do with Batman. But, you know, we've talked about it before. Uh, James Tinian's a great writer. I don't know if I'm ex- as excited for whatever he's going to be doing over on Batman because it just kind of feels like a holding pattern. Based I... on nothing of DC's lack of information to us. This is what put me over the top on it. Granted, like, you know, Immortal Hulk's, you know, of whatever, how many issues there's been out. You know, I like almost all, loved almost all of them. But I will say, 
when Batman 85 came out and it was like, okay, this is the end of the story. And then they gave us that like five pages of Joker. Mm -hmm. And I legitimately had like a shiver run up my spine because of the Joker. I'm like, I kind of miss that. I, I, I like a Joker one that has his face on his face, which is always good. And two is like, like, just like, oh my God, he could do any crazy thing. And then, and I felt Tinian had a real handle on that. And I want to see where it goes. So that little, that little like four five page preview sold me. And that's all I needed. Gotcha. So that's good. We'll be talking about that next week here as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done together with the past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, the 2017 smash sensation Todd and Joe have issues. Uh, you can also check out our store where you could purchase shirts or stickers or pins directly from us. I would say at a fair price with our fancy logo on mm-hmm. them. Uh, not to say that T Public doesn't do a fair price, but they have a lot more designs that they can have for you. Whether it be designs inspired by soon to be named network at odds with wrestling, or dumb things that we've said here on this show or Longbox Heroes After Dark. Mm-hmm. If you want to support us even further, you can of course sign up for our Patreon at five dollars a month or more. You will not only get After Dark before everybody else does, usually by about two days, but you'll also get first listen to our two new bonus shows, the first of which will be dropping this weekend, Babbling Brooks, where Todd and I are going to be reviewing the ovure of film comedy legend Mel Brooks, and we're starting right at the top. We're starting with the producers, and we're going to go right through the catalog from there. And I know you might look and say stuff that he's written, directed is only 11. No, you got something planned for the 12th thing. Mm-hmm. Idea yet. Um, and of course, if you are a patron at less than $5, you're still going to get those bonus shows. You're just going to get them about two weeks after everybody else. Right. I love when people whisper into the microphone. Oh, no, wait, that's you. <laughs> I hate when people whisper in the microphone and I did it. Yep. Uh, but you said uh, to me a bunch of times and I've let you slide. Oh, okay. I haven't I haven't broken your thumbs for doing it, so. I, thank you. To me, that's a great ah! thing not to have your thumbs broken. Uh, so uh, another way that you can help us that doesn't cost you anything extra is by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click through the top of the page. Uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. I don't know. You could get stuff for Valentine's Day. Uh, mm-hmm. I assume all of these following items were Valentine's Day purchases, such as the book Scream With Me, The Enduring Legacy of the Misfits. Ooh. Uh, something called A Bloody ha- uh, a, yeah, a bloody Habit. Uh, that's a novel of some kind. Uh, a Toki Doki 2020 wall calendar. Uh, somebody also purchased Funko Pops based on the hit television show The Mandalorian. One in his final form and one in his chrome form. Ooh. And uh, most importantly, Todd, somebody purchased Scotch brand magic tapes, comma, numerous applications, comma, cuts cleanly, comma, engineered for home and office use. That sounds like something that would be great for using on comic bag and boards. Or bags and backs, however you do it. Or boards, but anyway. <laughs> so thank you everyone who made any and all purchases through our Amazon click through this past week. Uh Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? We did not have any art attacks this week. Aw. 
And the mailbag is sadly empty. Maybe it'll fill back up where the people tweeted us things they want us to discuss in the show. They email us at longboxheroes at gmail.com or, as the kids say, slide into their DMs. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing the kids do? I think they do. It's, it's the DM Dungeon Master, right? Yes. Okay. It's, D, it's the DM on their IG. <gasps> Ooh. I learned the IG has DMs, but I don't know nothing about either one of those. I'm completely confused now. But anyway. Well, something I do know something about, Todd, is we're going to take a little bit of a pause for the cause. And like <laughs> it's like five seconds of silence. And we're going to get into spoiler-filled talk of the series debut, the season debut, two-part episodes of Doctor Who. Spyfall. Spyfall, right. So uh, if you don't uh, if you don't see these and you don't want them spoiled for you, or uh, you don't care about Doctor Who, I can't imagine those people. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening to episode 484 of Longbox Heroes. We'll see you all here next week. I'll give you like five seconds to leave or whatever you do. So, Todd, mm-hmm. I know uh, you tricked me into watching this TV show, and you remembered a deal that we made that I said I would watch all of them mm-hmm. uh, as they come out. I forgot that these are like full hour episodes, like no cutting down like 44 minutes for commercial. Like it's an hour, like on the nose. I think maybe I didn't watch the credits. <laughs> I'll tell you, because BBC doesn't have commercials. They they have like stuff for other TV shows, but they don't actually have commercials because they're government funded. Um, I'm wondering now if some of these might be not a complete hour. These were a little bit because they were like a special two-parter so i don't know if we might get like 50 minutes or something like that for the next ones but uh, yeah these were good i love when they just jam pack you know hours of doctor who it makes it so much better uh so the short uh explanation of this is like hey what if doctor who did a bunch of james bondy stuff Mm -hmm. and uh, i don't know there's like a two-hour movie of that right uh but that's me giving this a short shrift because i enjoyed these these were a lot of fun to watch they they were um this was the best like last season of doctor who kind of went off the rails of what a doctor who story was and this kind of brought it back and it was very exciting and you know it throws you into the mix early on you have to figure it out there's a lot of great scenes um tons of easter eggs that i joe that i marked out on completely like little stuff that you would never ever get like i'm just gonna just throw out like when she's uh, the doctor's on the eiffel tower with it turns out to be the master joe that's eric roberts character come back joe so i was know. now for, for okay so first of all i was hot about that like they do the reveal at the end of the first episode mm-hmm. uh that oh the person who left the mi6 that they needed to go as, get assistance with with the alien invaders and the guy who ran, I guess, like, what do you want to say? Like fake Apple, I guess he ran. Yes. He was, he, he created duck, duck, go. Oh, okay. So he creates duck, duck, go. And they figure out that he has like 97 or 93% uh, human DNA and 7% other. So now there's even more and they're building this whole thing up of like, Oh, knows the doctor and, you know, knew and has a file on the doctor and everything else. And then at the end on the on the plane, when he says that, uh, you know, I'm a master spy. And then he even says, you could even say that I'm a master 
or I'm the master spy. And I'm like, oh, you're not Eric Roberts. <laughs> right. Now, I, Joe, that was another one where I just popped. I was like, oh, my God. They, they He even said it earlier on. I should have known. But he turns out to be the master. And I'm like, that's great because last season they did not have one, like, reoccurring villain from other seasons whether classic or new so right off the right out of the gate they start with the master so i'm really happy but just real quick he's on the eiffel tower and he's like did i did i ever he's like and she's like this is cold kind of like so and so and i forget the name that she actually says and he goes he goes yeah did i ever apologize for that and she goes no and he goes good and that was an easter egg of him killing the ford fourth doctor scarfy and saying i'm glad i did it and i'm like i marked out you i was gone i was like this whole this whole was so fun from the them going to the casino night and her not understanding like she's they're giving her cards she's saying hit me and she thinks she's playing snap and just very doctory all around to the heartbeats on the the morris code which you don't get but i know you love eric roberts but there's been one two three there's been three masters in between eric roberts and this one none of them are eric roberts so who cares right right i know that that being said i did like the guy who played the master in this right he was a very good actor i could nitpick and say uh he was able to keep things under wraps for like the first three-fourths of the first episode, but then as soon as he reveals that he's the master, he decides, I'm going to be crazy and wild. And I'm like, ah, it works. It's fine. Like, you know, he was kind of stifling it, whatever, whatever. And he did Mm -hmm. a good job. If he was a bad actor, I would be able to kind of poke a little bit more holes in it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, of course, we still have Ryan, uh, Yasmin, and Graham, uh, not so much as companions, but the fact that the doctor still calls them uh, her friends. Nope, she calls them the fam. Oh, okay. As in family. I at one point she said, oh, these are my friends. She does say friends, but a lot of the time, like, that's one or two, like, but now she just says, like, hey, fam, you'll you'll notice it more as it goes on now that I mentioned it. But mm-hmm. fam is a big thing now. So uh, the first uh, episode ends with them on the plane. The pilot of the plane is off. The doctor is sucked away. Oh, and I liked the aliens. I liked the deal with the aliens. I mm-hmm. liked their design. I liked the way that they kind of suck people into that other dimension thing. Right. The way they come through the wall and they re- they retain like what was on the wall for a few seconds. Yeah. It was a really cool, minimalistic TV budget design that didn't look cheap. It worked very well. Which is why yeah. the show cannot be Legends of Tomorrow. No, I think they're getting some of that. They're getting some extra BBC money for Doctor Who. Gotcha. But in all of this, the master and the doctor have a conversation and he's, she's like, he's like, have you been home? She's like, yeah, like I haven't been there in a while, but she's like, it's gone. He's like, it's, it's destroyed. And she's like, you're lying. He's like, go back and see. And he goes, and everything you know is a lie. Well, I wanted to ask you about that. Right. So she goes back and she checks on Galfrey. Galfrey's destroyed, which is not the way we last left it. And he ends up doing a message through the TARDIS. He's like, it was me. Because when you find out what the the time child is and what the lie was, you're going to be as mad as I was. And they kind of uh, mentioned the time child in the first season, but I I thought it was a throwaway line. But now, and he's like, it was me. I, you know, it was me all along. And She's like, okay, and now she has this thing. She's kind of trying to figure out 
and she's having these memories of like he says it's embedded in us what happened and it goes all the way back to the early thing so i think we're going to go back to an early you know rassilon rassilon is the, the 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 time lord who pretty much created time travel so i want to see what they do with that but what was your question uh so yeah so my question was what are your thoughts on them pulling a card like this of everything you know is a lie okay i always there's the only thing i hate more then everything you know is a lie is when someone throws a perfectly good lighter into a lighter fluid on the ground to go like, Hey, look at me. I have a lighter and then throws the lighter. I hate that. I hate everything I know is a lie, but in doctor who, because it's been around so long and they've changed things up, they've done it before without saying everything, you know, is a lie. Like this, the past is different. And it'll never be different. There'll always be something that there, there'll be mitigating circumstances why it's different. I don't know. They don't change Doctor Who much. So, right. Because that was my question, of course, is because, you know, there was a change of how many regenerations there were supposed to be. And didn't they change that? Yes, there was only only 13 re- regenerations, which gives you 12 doctors. And then I always loved um i think it was russell t davies or moffat whoever the showrunner was and they were like what are you gonna do you're you're closing in on the fact that there's only like so many regenerations what are you gonna do at the end and he's like he's like all right i'm gonna tell you this magazine gets the exclusive he goes there has been a thing that we have handed down from generations of people writing on doctor who about like the ever-growing you know we're losing regenerations and the doctor will have no more lives and it's like the torch we've handed it down from person to person when it comes to that writer they'll think something up and I, I like burst out laughing. I'm like, yes, it's it's science fiction. They will they will do something, and when they want to reverse it, they'll come around. Like like Hal Jordan being a murderer in Green Lantern, and then like, oh, it was never that. It was really parallax. So Hal Jordan's got a clean slate and was never a murderer. That's the way I look at this stuff. Hmm. The only reason it kind of bothers me is because not bothered like the everything you know is a lie bothers me is because i i've i'm almost 50 years old yeah and i've seen it 72 times you know what i mean like the first time i saw it was swamp thing where it worked and then like after it's diminishing results but if you tell me a good story i'll let it slide there you go kind of bringing us back to the dc 5g stuff that could be happening this year right so the first episode ends with them on the plane it's about to crash doctor gets sucked off the plane into the past yes and the path that she goes along in the pet in the past is putting her into contact with specific people that she needs to be with now is this just a happenstance or is this i i for, like i i don't remember cuz she says it very quickly in regards to it's not a coincidence that she's with all of these people in all these different times She's, it's not a coincidence for the first woman. The second one kind of is. It's because these creatures and the master have been guiding technology through time for computers. Right. So the first person would be this woman who I don't like, I'd have to look up her like history. She was real, who was there when they created this calculator machine, which was be the first computer. And she sees the 
the usefulness for it. So they're like, this is where they would start. And then through a series of events, she's like, oh, I'm going to use the creatures to get back home. But in doing so, the girl grabs onto her, shooting her to World War II, and they meet somebody else who's just happenstance there because she thought she was going all the way to 2020, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So it was a little a little happenstance for one, and one was a reason. Right. And then the the companions, the fam, the friends are still in our time. They're without the doctor, but uh that Daniel Barton or whatever, the the yeah. Steve Jobsy Apple right. duck duck Cl- go knockoff guy. Right. Clint Barton, yes. Right. Uh in league with the master and those aliens, their plan is they're essentially going to Oh, so there was the way that the catalyst of all this stuff started was a bunch of these secret agents were being uh, rewritten. Their DNA rewritten. To... DNA rewritten. And we figure out that their DNA is being re- rewritten so that they could essentially be storage devices. Right. And everyone has the phones and everyone has the devices. He sends the mass text to everybody. It's something that we've seen many, many times before. But of course, the doctor has it all figured out. She has planted all of these things in the past so that come the present day, they're all there in place for her plan to come together. Right. And I feel as though they did it in a good, fun way, not overly complicated, uh, very straightforward for a Dr. Whovey like me. Right. Uh, you know, I'm not as entrenched in all this. Time travel stuff makes my shoes hurt. Um <laughs> But yeah, I thought these were two really fun episodes. Yep. Um, my thing is, and I'm not going to get into it because it will just make your shoes hurt, is this is the first time that time travel hasn't has worked like this, where she can go back into the past and change things in someone's timeline. So I'm like, ah, uh, okay. But I'm thinking that has something to do with the overarching story. So you enjoyed it. Not even going to nitpick it because it'll just confuse you. The other thing that I found interesting is the master gets sent to the realm where those creatures came from. But Clint Barton gets away clean. Like people don't realize that he, he, he's like, he's like, it all goes wrong. And he goes, he he gets on his phone and he's like, well, everybody's distracted. I need an evac team. Now he gets away. We never see him again. So I'm wondering if he's going to come back throughout like this season at some point, because I just don't think someone who did what he did should get to walk away clean, if that makes any sense. And I don't even know if you noticed that. Uh, I think maybe we weren't supposed to notice that. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I just assumed since, like, the goodies won, everyone went. But obviously that's not the case. Right. I mean, he could have been caught, but I didn't see them ever say. He was just like, I'm just going to slither off because I'm a billionaire. You know what I mean? But hopefully, like, there is some of that. So we'll see. But I'm glad you're enjoying Doctor Who. This is the greatest day ever in the life of Todd Todd Roker. Joe's a big Doctor Who fan. Let's not go crazy. Mm-hmm. Now, he's not in the cast listing for any other episodes currently. Mm-hmm. But that could just be a ruse. Right. I just want to say, right, um, when it comes to O, the master, um, I'm watching the show, right? And it's the first episode before the cliffhanger, before they mention the master. And I'm like, I know this actor. I know this actor. I cannot picture this actor. And I'm like, let me pause the show. I have it on DVR. Let me pause the show. Let me go look up his his Wikipedia. I, so I know where he's... And I'm like, 
don't do that, Todd. Don't do like wait, like wait until the show is over. And I waited till the show's over, and they end up saying like, "Oh, it, his name is so and so." Oh, the master, like the slashes next to his name, and I'm like, "Boy, I'm really glad I didn't check." But where I knew him from was he played the villain on in Iron Fist, the the Netflix show. He was Davos. Oh, nobody watched that. Oh, there you go. I just thought people as a comic, you know, if you couldn't realize where he was from, he was Davos from Iron Fist. Now, I will say this. Obviously, if you look at him uh, for on his IMDb, of course, it says O slash the master. But if you go to just the episode IMDb page, episode, episode one says O, episode two says the master. Well, there you go. By so at least got- that part of IMDb doesn't spoil it for you. Right. And if you don't go looking, you won't be spoiled. That's what I Yeah. Mean. So there you go. And next week there'll be a, you know, one on Sunday and you'll be all ready to go. Is there anything on Sunday that would be up against stupid enough to be up against, you know, Dr. Who? Not this Sunday. No. Okay. Isn't there a pay-per-view? Yeah. The Royal Rumble is coming up in two weeks. Oh, that's still up against Dr. Who. So that's dumb. <laughs> Well, with the BBC time schedules and everything else like that, I'll, I'm sure I'll figure out ways to watch everything. There you go. Yeah. So I think that's it. You know, uh, I don't know. A lot of stuff to recommend. You know, Doctor Who's like, this is my doctor, I guess. I don't that, know. That's right. This is your doctor. Sure. I'm going to have to get you the action figures and the nah, shirts. Right. And Christmas is coming early this year, Joe. No, nah, I'm all right. I don't need anything. Don't you want one to put next to your Dusty Rhodes, the doctor, if you will? No, no, no. If they did that Dr. Wu, the Ric Flair uh, with the scarf thing, I might get that. Right. Someone stole our idea and then did money off it. That'd be great. But anyway. Anyway. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to episode 484 of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying thanks for listening. And we'll see y'all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Boop! You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini. (laughs) of Podcast Network.